yeah, I'm pretty excited to chat to you guys tonight. I hope what I say uh, becomes helpful for you. Um, so yeah, but I wonder if you could go, go with me for just a second. I don't know if you have ever thought about a brand having like, like a vibe or a reputation. Like, I don't know if you ever thought about it in that way, but let me just explain what I mean before I get into the point in all this. Like, if you think about Apple, now I know some of you are gonna, I'm gonna split the room right from the get-go here. Some of you are gonna be in the Apple camp. Some of you are gonna be in the Android and the Samsung camp. I'm in the Apple camp. So um, if you are offended by that, then don't listen to anything I'll say. I'm joking, please do listen to what I say. Um, but if you think about Apple, you know that most, well, if you've got a positive opinion on Apple, then you think that their technology is slick, it's minimal, it works well. Or if you think of someone like Amazon, you know that, that you can kind of get stuff quickly with Amazon. And so these, these brands have a reputation for, for like a service or, or how good they are at stuff. And I think, you know, we all have a reputation, but we don't spend that much time thinking about it. And actually these companies, particularly the ones that I've just mentioned, they spend thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds, if not millions every year. And they hire thousands of people just to improve their reputation, just to improve how people perceive them. And you know, I think if we put just a little bit more attention into, into our reputation, we'd look at it just a little bit differently. But, you know, our reputations are made up of so many different elements. There's so many different things about our character, how we were made, how we act, and all those sorts of things that make up our reputation. And it brings along a bunch of assumptions and a bunch of different things that, that, that kind of define us, really. And, and, and people have these sorts of, like, ideas about you and how they see you. And it's not always accurate. You know, I, I, I want to just bring you guys with me and, and, and ask you to go and throw this back in your mind to when you were at school. When you were at school, and I know that that was, seems like a million years ago right now, but when you were back in school, generally, there's like certain categories of people at school, right? So sometimes you have the nerdy kids, the kids that like love maths and all that sort, and that's fine, that's good. Um, and the kids that always dress in black and dye their hair funky colors. You've got um, all those, those, every school has a group of lads that think they're absolutely rock solid. They walk around with no coats, whether it's minus 10 and it's raining, and, and they think they're absolutely rock solid, but when they walk past, everyone rolls their eyes. You've got those group of people. Um, you've got the kids that got wealthy parents, the kids that don't have wealthy parents. And, and even though we don't say that stuff out loud, and by the way, we shouldn't, and we'll get to that in a minute. But we, we do it in our minds and we tend to fill in the blanks about other people. We tend to, to fill in the blanks about other people. We decide in our head how we think about other people. And we make assumptions about people and, and decide, you know, how we're going to act around them and, and, and how we speak to them and how we treat those people. And we tend to build our own perception of someone's reputation in our own heads based on really small actions, really small things that we've seen that they've done and that defines how we think about them. And sometimes that happens without us even realizing it. And this isn't just a teenager thing. This isn't just you guys. This is like a human thing. We all do this. 
we all subconsciously have this pre-decided idea of what we think about someone. So I guess the question that I have tonight is, is, is where, where does this come from? Like, why do we do it? Because it's not always the most helpful thing to be doing. And where does it come from? Here's, here's my thoughts, two things about why, uh, where these kind of thinking, these ideas come from. First one is our experiences. We have experiences of people in our past and in our present. And sometimes we see similarities in other people and we decide before we even get to know someone that, that they're just like the person that you had a negative experience on. And so before even interacting with that person, even before you've spoken to that person, you've already got an idea based on, 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 who, on, on who they are and, and maybe what you've seen in people like them. Second thing, it's a little bit of a personal one, insecurities. Sometimes we let our own insecurities talk to us and tell us who, how we should think about certain people. And, and we don't always like to admit this. Sometimes it's quite hard to get to the point where we realize this is where it's coming from. But you know, sometimes we see people that have things that we don't, you know, possessions, achievements, whatever it is, they have something that we don't and that makes us feel insecure. It makes us feel like we're far away from who we want to be. And so we let that define how we think about other people as well. You see, our own limited experience of things causes us to fill our minds and to fill in the blanks about other people. And it convinces us that we know way more than we do about that person in reality. It, it, it somehow helps us to believe that we think we know more about that person than we really do. Without even speaking to some people sometimes, we think we know enough about that person to make a judgment on them. And, and to decide that that's how we, we think about them and whether or not you're going to give them your time or not. We just do that. So how do we fix this? How, how do we correct this problem? Is there a way around it? Is there something that we can do to fix this? Is there a solution here? And well, those of you that will call yourself a Christian, and it's okay if you're not, because you, if you're not, you're going to get insight into maybe how Christians think, and maybe even it could be an invitation to, to, to help you think like that as well. But if you would call yourself a Christian, we would probably consider Jesus as a pretty wise guy. And so it's probably quite wise for us to figure out what he says about this. Like what's his opinion? Like, does he say anything about this? All this sort of stuff. And so I'm going to pick up a story with Jesus. Um, in the Bible, um, and it's, it's about this situation that Jesus is in, and it's a bit of a beefy situation, okay? Like, he's in the middle of a bit of a dispute. He's in the middle of an argument with these guys called the Pharisees, and if you don't know what the Pharisees are, they are basically the kind of politicians and the religious leaders, and in this current time period where we pick this story up, they are like a big deal. Like, this is like Jesus standing up to Boris Johnson and his advisors, like this was a bit of a tense moment. Like it wasn't exactly easy to be in. Um, and so Jesus loved spending time with people that were considered outcasts, right? So what I mean by outcasts is, is other people had filled in the blanks about people that have got stuff wrong with them and they've got 
diseases or they have done something wrong and they are labeled with that wrongdoing. Like Jesus loved to spend time with those people. Okay. He liked to spend time with those people, but the Pharisees, these religious leaders, they hated that about Jesus because that went against everything that they believed in. The Pharisees really believed that they were chosen to be better than other people so that, so that they could lead by example. And so they had this whole kind of preconception that they were better than everyone and they hated that Jesus did this. And so what they would do is they would try and catch Jesus out. So they'd see him with all these people and they would bring in these, these situations and these difficult questions and all this difficult stuff to try and catch Jesus out to build a case against him and send him to prison. And so this is no different to that. What we're about to pick up in this story is that exact situation where the Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus out. And so I'm going to summarize, and then I'll bring you a Bible verse in just a moment. But basically what was happening is, is that Jesus, like normal, would be chatting to a bunch of people, teaching them about stuff that, that was later comes in the Bible and about God, who he is and why he cares about them. And so whilst he was teaching these Pharisees, they found a woman who, and they found her in this situation, which let's say was quite exposing and it was quite humiliating with someone that wasn't her husband. And so they caught this woman in adultery, cheating on her husband. And they dragged her into the street where all these people are and they put her in front of Jesus and said, what are you going to do about this Jesus? What do, what do you say we should do in this situation? And so we picked this story up and we won't have any slides this evening because Tim isn't here to do the slides, but you can track with me. In John 8, 3 to 6, it says this. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd and I want you to sense the sarcasm in the, in the Pharisee's voice here, right? Because in, in this version that I'm reading, this word is surrounded by apostrophes. So imagine someone doing this whilst they're saying it, right? They put it in front of the crowd and said this, teacher. So they were being sarcastic to Jesus right from the get-go. They said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? In other words, your turn, Jesus. Like, you figure this one out. They were trying to trap him. They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, just like we, we said earlier. And, and, and the thing is, right, is that the law that everybody followed at this time, the law of Moses, said that if someone was caught in this situation, that this woman was caught in, that she deserved to die by people throwing stones at her. And, 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 and what the significance of this is, is that the leaders knew that if Jesus saved this woman, if he got her out of this situation, he would be going against everything that this society believes in. And so they were, they were confident. They were, they were confident they were going to get Jesus here. And they, they were really confident that this is how they, they were going to get him. But I want to I show you what Jesus does because Jesus goes full Jesus on these guys, right? Like this is the most Jesus I've ever seen Jesus, if you know what I mean. Like, listen to this, right, in, in the next kind of lines after the verse we just read. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Now that 
doesn't really make much sense to us. I'm going to unpack it in a moment, but I'm going to read just a little bit on. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with this woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Didn't even one of them tell you you were wrong or, or punish you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And so these leaders who had who'd built their reputation on being better than everybody else suddenly run away from the situation. So what, what just happened there? Now, Jesus was basically saying to everybody, look, you've got this woman in front of us and she's done something wrong and you're all judging her for it. But if you, if you are all completely free of ever doing something wrong, then, then stick around and you can, you can stone her. Otherwise, you've got no right. And everybody runs away because nobody wanted to lie and said they never did anything wrong because that was against the law that they followed and they knew that would get them into trouble. So instead of exposing themselves, they ran away. And so in, the, in one moment, in just a couple of sentences, Jesus changes everything here because he frees this woman, but he teaches people about this thing that we're looking at tonight, about filling in the blanks, filling in the blanks and why we shouldn't be doing that and how to correct that. And, and, and I think this is an incredible moment with Jesus because, because he, from any other perspective, looks trapped here. There's no way he can get out of that situation without making a mess of it. Somehow, though, somehow he did because this is the perfect example of how love beats hate. Love changed everything here. Love changed everything here. And here, here is what the real challenge is. Because we're all guilty at some stage, okay? We all do stuff wrong, that's just a part of life. But our futures aren't determined on what we've done, okay? They're not determined on what we've done in the past. And we have a choice. We can carry on doing stuff like pre, filling in the blanks, prejudging people, doing stuff wrong, or we can choose to trust Jesus and come out of this Zoom call, come out of Cruise Hangouts, different from when we came in. Because the real challenge here, guys, is that Jesus saw more than what this woman had done wrong. Instead, he saw the possibility and the opportunity in her life. You know, we tend to define people based on, on how they've messed up. You know, all you have to do is think back to school when someone did something quite controversial and that sticks with them all the way through school. They're known as the person that did that. But Jesus, Jesus ain't about that. What Jesus is about is seeing the possibility in your life, not what you've done wrong, but what good you can do with your life. The possibility of what you could achieve if you just trusted him and followed him. You see, what if we chose to, and here is my bottom line tonight, what if we chose to let love fill in the blanks? What if we did that? What if we just chose to let love fill in the blanks, just like Jesus did here. He didn't fill in the blanks for this woman. He let love, God's love, fill in the blanks. You know, when we fill in the blanks with love, we choose to see people through the eyes of possibility. We, see to choo we, 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 we choose to see people with, with their purpose in mind, with the, with the possibility of what they could do with their life. And so just before we finish, I have just got a couple of practical tips to help you do that. 
because there's no point in me saying this if I don't give you any kind of practical tips to try and action this in your life. And I want to challenge you to do that. Number one, stop and think how others have filled in the blanks about you. Now, my aim here is not to make you feel upset or feel like people are targeting you or anything like that. My aim here is to help you feel like what it feels like when you do that to someone else. When you prejudge someone, I want you to feel how that feels. Because all of a sudden, that changes our perspective. That changes how we think about that situation and it changes how we act in that situation. Number two, think about how people have filled in the blanks about you before. You know, is there, or, or, or actually, let's change that around a bit. Think about how you filled in the blanks about other people. And think about those opportunities that you had to, choose, to, to let love fill in the blanks. How would that be different? How would it be different? How would, would you maybe have a different friendship group? Would you know different people because you gave them a chance and you realized that they weren't as bad as what you thought they were? You know, maybe giving some people a chance, some people that you've already written off in your mind is maybe what you need to do tonight so that you can allow love to fill in the blanks. Because maybe sometimes you've thought these things about people. You thought that maybe those people don't belong here. You've maybe thought that they, they will never change. You thought that people like that are always, always troubled. So there's no point in even getting close to them. But here's the thing. Not once have I read Jesus say that about someone in the Bible. And so, and so even if you're not a Christian tonight, this is my challenge. I want all of us to see if we can let love fill in the blanks. The only label Jesus will ever put over you is that you matter, that you are worth it, and that you were put here for a reason. And so when we choose to follow Jesus and trust him in this and, and take these steps and put this into action, we're choosing to let love fill in the blanks. We can be people that let love fill in the blanks. And when we do this, we will be known for how we love people and for how much we reflect Jesus than we are for prejudging people. And so to finish, I want to pray for us because we all do this. It's all a, it's all a, a challenge for everyone. And so I think tonight, maybe, maybe we need to start thinking about this just a little bit differently so that we can let love fill in the blanks. God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you never judge us. You don't define us based on what we've done. You define us on what we could do with our life and what you've designed us for. God, would you help us to, to let love fill in the blanks? To, to not prejudge people, but to see the opportunity in their life, to see the possibility of what they could do. God, would you help us to see people like that? to see through your eyes, whether we are Christians or not. God, let us be people that are known for loving people and not hating on people. God, would you protect us? Would you give us a great night? In your mighty name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We are about to go into our breakout rooms. Have a great night and we will see you very soon.